What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Creating Wealth Podcast, where I, Kyle, from Kyle Curtin Real Estate, interview local top dogs in the real estate investing, wealth building, and personal finance industries. Let's build together. What's up, guys? The guest on this week's episode of the podcast has a phenomenal story about how wholesaling real estate has changed his and his family's lives forever. Anwar is a phenomenal local wholesaler who has done some really crazy things so far with real estate. In part one of this episode, we get into Anwar's super inspiring story, his decision between college and entrepreneurship, his insane first wholesale deals, building great relationships with VAs, and so much more. This two-part interview was so much fun and I hope you enjoy. Let's jump right into the episode. What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 49 of the Creating Wealth podcast. Today, we have the great pleasure of chatting with Anwar Arenas. He is a phenomenal Lemonster-based wholesaler and owner of Mass Wholesale Homes. What's going on, Anwar? How are you, man? How's it going? Good to be here. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you so much, man. How's everything going? Uh, everything's great. It's a blessing. Uh, you wake up every day feeling blessed. I can't complain. It's just, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Of course, man. Glad to hear it. That is the dream. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, so to jump right into things, man, you know, what kind of gave you the the real estate bug, you know, what kind of gave you the spark and, and kind of got you into it? And yeah, so, you know, I've been in real estate for close to seven years now. And before that, I never thought I was going to ever invest in real estate. You know, I thought I just watched HGTV because I like watching it, you know, <laughs> but I never thought of myself as a real estate investor. Um, so, you know, going back seven years ago, I was at a dead end job. I did not like what I was doing. I didn't see myself there for the next, you know, 20, 30, or even, even year, even one year. So, I decided I needed to do something. You know, back then I had three kids, married. Um, I still have them, but um, I had a mortgage, a house, and I was living comfortable. You know, I was I was living comfortable, making forty k a year. You mm-hmm. know, I had no money saved, but I was getting by, right? Yeah. And, but I knew there's got to be something else to this. I mean, there's no way that this is the the end, right? And at that time, I was like, I was telling my wife, you know, I got to go to college because I never went to college and, you know, I don't know what I wanted to do. And, and I was, like, I'm going to go to college. And my wife wasn't for it because she knew that if I went to college, I was going to work college, kids, wife, I was going to be gone for the yeah. all day. So, but I said, I got to do it anyways, because I don't know what else to do. And then a, or during that time, I was I had a difficult time too because my hours were getting lower at work and it was not as busy. I was I was doing I was installing direct TV, so I was a cable guy back in the day, mm-hmm. and you know and hours were low, so financially we I wasn't really good. So we were at that time we had some stocks that we just kind of had and we just wanted to liquidate them because we needed the money for the family, right? Yeah. The guy came over to our house, a friend of ours, he's a stockbroker, and he says, hey, have you ever read that Rich Dad Poor Dad book? I'm like, no, I haven't even heard of it. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't even read books, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, well, I recommend you, you reading it because it's a really good book, and I think it'll really help you out. Because, you know, I, I told him I didn't know what I wanted to do and stuff like that. And I didn't like where I was living and working and I was going to go to college and, and yada, yada. Anyways, so I think within that time period, I've already signed up for college and everything. I was going to start that semester. My wife wasn't too happy about it. And then I was still reluctant about it. I was going to do computer science. And I, one Saturday night, I, I was browsing to, I got a new computer because I was going to go to college. And I figured I got a new computer as I was, and as I was playing with it, there was an app. I had a Mac and there was an iBook store. And then I, I, um, I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, because I, you know, I know my friend recommended it to me. And then I was like, you know what, let me read this book. It was like yeah. an iBook. I read the book and then I was hooked. I was yes. so, so <laughs> hooked. I was like, whoa, like my brain opened up. I was, I was just like, this is amazing. I've never thought about finances this way. 
you know? And, and then, so I started, and I finished the book within a couple of days because I was just hooked. And then I started browsing to other books and then, and then I started reading about real estate just, just because there was different books about, you know, when you click a book, there's other books that are related. So I started reading about real estate. And then there's, there was one book that I read and it was by Sean Terry. I don't know if you know who he is. Um, and the title of the book is called 19, Quit Your Job in 19 Weeks. 19 weeks. And I wasn't going to read it because I thought it was cliche. I was like, this is probably a scam. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? What if? Let's what if. So I read the book like in a day. I was hooked and it was about wholesaling real estate, you know? And then I was like, wow, I want this is what I want to do. I want to wholesale real estate. So this was back in 2014, end of 2014. I bought a course and put it on a credit card because I didn't have the money at the time. It was only like a thousand dollars. I didn't even have that much money. And then, um, and then I started, I started marketing, started investing and then landing my first deal that following month. And then I closed my first transaction without knowing, I didn't know what I was doing. I was making a bunch of errors and mistakes. And then I closed my first deal like three months after that, like in March, February, March. And then I closed another deal a week, a couple of weeks after that first deal. So I closed two deals. And then what I made in two deals is pretty much what I made in a year working at my, at my, at my direct TV job, you yeah. know, able guy. So I was hooked. I was like, whoa, it's real. <laughs> this much money. This is actually real. Exactly. Yeah. Like, wow. This is possible. <laughs> so then when I got my first check, you know, my wife was like, you know, you're not going to quit your job. Right. I'm like, no way. I don't know if this is like a one-off. This could be like an anomaly. But when I closed my second deal, which was like a couple of weeks right after my first one, she's like, okay, when are you going to quit your job? So that's when I quit my job and I've been doing it full time since then. And it's been great. That's incredible, man. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was, it's, it's, it's one of those things that I would never would have thought. And I never thought I would be in real estate and it just kind of took off, you know, from, from seven years ago. Yeah. And that's so what was, what was kind of your, um, you're like marketing to sellers of choice, I guess, like right off the bat, like, were you like cold calling or mailers or? Yeah, back then it was mailers. So what I was doing, I was handwriting, me and my wife were handwriting 25 letters each a night for like yeah. straight two weeks. Our hands were sore from writing and everything. And we were writing handwritten letters and that's how we were marketing for homeowners. Yeah. And that's how I landed my first two deals. And, you know, it, it was, it was crazy how I got my first deal. So back then I wasn't sealing them. I was just uh, tucking them in the envelope without sealing the actual envelope. And I was sending them off that way because they were saying that if you do that, it'll be more of a personalized look and people oh. want to call you more. Right. Yep. So that's what I was doing. And then it's a funny story. So the first deal that I ever got, this is a funny thing. The, the first deal. And I get, so then I get a, so I'm driving home one day, right, from work. It's a Friday. I'll never forget. And then I'm saying, man, I really wish this works. I really want to quit my job. I don't want to go to school. Um, and I just want to learn real estate. I want, I just, please just give me a sign, God. I want, I want to really make this work. Yeah. Right, so I get home, right? And I check my mail like I normally would. And then I was also saying I wanted to bring my daughters to Colombia because I'm from Colombia originally. I wanted to fly them down there. And I was like, I want to take him to Colombia. So when I got home, I was checking my mail. And on the mail, there was the passports for my girls because we had them because we were trying to get them, get the passports ready when we do travel. Yep. Well, I was like, oh, this is interesting. I just I just kind of prayed for this. And this happened to be in my mail today. Right. And then I'm going through the mail. And then I see this envelope, this written, uh, personalized written envelope. And this is weird. There's no return address. So I open it. And it's my envelope that I hand wrote to this other, to this seller. And then I open that envelope and it says, I don't know who this is, but whoever wrote this regarding my parents' estate um, didn't put a letter inside the envelope. Um, but if, but if it's in regards of my parents' estate, call me because I need to sell. I'm like, whoa, whoa. I got chills. <laughs> I got chills. Yeah. I'm like, what is going on? Oh, man, I don't know what it was, but right there and then I knew that was gonna be my first deal. Yeah. 
and and yeah so i guess through, during the process of of the mail the, my letter must have left the envelope or somehow and i called the guy up and i'm like yes i was the one that sent the letter i don't even know what the property what what the address was i didn't know what was, i was yeah. just letting him speak he's like yeah i want to sell my house and back then they was teaching us to do like a soft pass on the seller on the phone to see how much it would want for the property to see if it's even worth going out to the property mm-hmm. and and i said you know I'm looking to pay only 40 grand or something like that, right? Now, mind you, this house is like $200,000 in value, right? Yeah. And then he says, yeah, I can probably do it. I'm like, okay. (laughs) I'm like, what? (laughs) So then we booked the appointment for that Sunday. I'm freaking out. I'm like telling my wife, I know this is a deal. And then my first appointment, I'm going out there to that Sunday. I, on the way to the appointment, I'm sweating. I'm nervous. I don't even know. Yeah. I even made it. I almost turned around because I was so nervous. And then um, I ended up getting home that, that Sunday, right? And my wife was like, hey, how'd it go? I'm like, great. She's like, did, did, you, did you get it on the contract? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, oh, really? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. And I said, guess for how much? How much? 40,000? I said, no, 10,000. She's like, she turned back. She's like, what? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I just got a house for $10,000. I'm like, how? She's like, how did you negotiate it to 10? I'm like, I don't know. We were just talking. They needed work. And I just told them, I said, what about 10 grand? She said, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, so that ended up being like a, like a $25,000 deal, I probably would have made double that because I didn't know really, really what I was doing. Yeah. And, but it was a good deal. It was a lot of money for me at the time. And the next deal was like that around 25,000, like, you know, similar situation there. And then so what I made in those two deals, I made in a year. So that was, that was a game changer for me. That's unbelievable, man. That That's yeah. super impressive, especially for a first deal. Yeah. You know, like I can just imagine like the feeling of, you know, getting that, uh, letter like yeah getting a mailer back in the mail which is crazy yeah <laughs> saying yeah. that somebody was interested you know not like you know something a little more you know <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like I, what I, most people send yeah yeah hate mail you know you get exactly hate mail they'll, they'll even respond to you with you know hatred but but no this was uh this was a very interesting uh deal so uh the seller needed to get out he had a property he couldn't afford it was inherited and and nobody, I guess nobody knew was, was right. So I was the only guy. So I happened to be at the right time at the right place. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Wow. That's unbelievable, man. So now like it was, nah, was the stuff that like you were kind of doing, like, did you kind of learn in the class? Like, were you, obviously you were still probably like super nervous, you know, going to that first appointment, like, let's do this. Like, yeah. did you kind of feel like comfortable in a way? Like just kind of walking in there and like kind of sort of know what's going on like what you're supposed to do or just kind of no, wing it. i was not comfortable whatsoever <laughs> i was just you know going on a you know just i was just trying to figure out what to do yeah i mean i was prepared like this course you know obviously they tell you um you know to come prepared with the contract the values how much you're looking to offer you know what to look for stuff like that but they don't prepare you for actual interactions like, like what if he says this and that no, they tell you to build rapport like anybody else would tell you to do. Yeah. And so, and I was in sales, so I didn't really know how to be salesy or not be salesy. And, and I just kind of did it just kind of just on a whim. I just kind of do it, did it out how I thought I wouldn't be treated if I was a homeowner, I guess. So the guy ended up loving me, you know, he actually opened up to me. We sit in the living room and and then, you know, it's just, it's kind of one of those things that, you know, if it's, we're in the people's business. So I kind of treated him like a, a person that, that, that was the real person that could help him. So yeah. that's kind of how I landed it. But yeah, no, I was nervous the whole entire time. And then obviously <laughs> now it's a lot better, but, but yeah. It was first cool. time, man. Oh. oh my God. That is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got home. I was like, oh shoot. Now I got to either buy this house or sell it. I got to do one or the other. So I was like, okay, now what? <laughs> <laughs> no did it take a while to find a buyer for that i'm, I'm not like super uh i guess yeah. versed in wholesaling much but yeah it did took a while because you know i didn't have no buyers at the time yeah. Yeah. and you know i didn't know how to get buyers i never been to a networking meeting so it took me like a month and a half so that's a long time yeah, to get yeah. a buyer um 
because now i mean i get a buyer within the same day nowadays you know when i ever reach out to home to investors mm-hmm. uh, so that took a while and then you know i didn't know what i was doing and some of the buyers took advantage of that so they were trying to circumvent the deal and they were telling yeah. themselves not to go with me so i had to put a lot of fires and and um but thank god that the seller stayed with me and, and we were able to make it work wow so yeah. now how did the second one kind of go you know did you yeah. kind of be able to take that experience from like the first time and just be able to kind of carry that over and be like all right you know i, I kind of get what's going on now you know i'm starting to ease into things a little bit and- it's exactly the way it went yeah so i got the call actually he called me from the he got my letter it didn't fall out so he called me and then he said yeah i got a house i want to sell can you meet me there this time I'm like sure i'll meet you there went to the property it was a mess it was way worse than my the original property and i was like if i got the original property that I bought, the first one that I bought for 10 grand, I'd probably buy this for like two grand. Um, but but he wouldn't go down. I got it on the contract for like 25,000. And then um, I sold it for 46,000, something like that for cash, mm-hmm. like days after. Yeah. Um, but at that time, I, I had a few buyers, three or four or five buyers. And then, um, and then, yeah, I took everything I learned from the first one and put it into that one and it was able to get it done successfully a lot faster. So that one actually closed from contract to close like a few days, a couple of days, three to four days. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 The first one took me like a month and a half, probably even longer. Yep. Hey, and now it could take you a couple of days. You know what I mean? That's, that's crazy, man. Look at the journey. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you, you know, experience is invaluable. You know, so you really got to go through all these experiences, the good and the bad. You know, and yeah, and so you can learn those and not repeat them. You know, yep. and, and that's really helped me out. You know, a lot, a lot. So experience is so key. Yeah. So what's kind of like the the long term vision for like mass wholesale homes and like you know, you for like your portfolio, if you're, yeah. um, yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So let's see So the vision for us. We have, we have a few, a few couple, we have a lot, a big vision, you know, and we want to take it little by little. So our dispositions company, Mass Wholesale Homes has been doing really good. We've been dispoing about one to two properties a month to investors, which have been great. Um, and we want to quadruple that you know, and, and see how far we can go, uh, have a team in place of, of, of dispositions managers that can go out there and show the properties to the buyers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for rental portfolio, definitely that those are key. I'm looking to, to hold a few rentals. It's just hard when you have a, a deal that comes into the pipeline and it's like, it has a ton of equity and you can keep that equity and cash flow it. Or you can sell that cash, that that equity to your investors, like sell the property and, and take all that equity out and yeah. use that to. So there's, there's so many avenues. So I definitely want to keep a rental portfolio. I sold, I sold my rentals in 2018, you know, because I thought the market was going to be at, at its height, and I was totally, totally <laughs> wrong, totally wrong at that time. So yeah, so I sold I sold them and then now I'm looking to buy more. Definitely want to hold a few rentals for retirement and then still continue to flip. So we my main model has always been flipping, wholesaling and flipping. Those are the two biggest models I use in my business right now. Yeah. Do you have a portfolio right now or just kind of been doing your thing and not right now? Yeah, right now I just like just flip. I just flip, yeah, yeah. flip, 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 because the market is so good right now for flipping. If you can buy them at the great, at the great price, and we got a marketing so on point that we're getting a lot of deals that came through the pipeline every single day, and then uh, we kind of sort through them and try to get the best deals possible to our investors, and then uh, and we just flip them on a monthly basis, you know, and it's been great. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, let me see here. Ooh, what do you consider to be the biggest variable to expand your, uh, I guess you could say clientele, maybe in like a, you know, like a lead gen kind of way and like maybe getting buyers and stuff like what's kind of like a big focus, I guess. Focus for 
for to biggest so yeah the question was the biggest variable for let's see yeah yeah to like expand your clientele maybe like you know like buyer lists or um you know like deals coming in the pipeline like constantly coming in yeah no i wouldn't say so i got a ton of leads coming in i have a ton of investors i get i have more investors than i do deals to be honest with you so i get you know we have a ceo um, program that generates organic leads almost on a daily basis people that sign up to our lists and they yep. want to see wholesale deals so I, I, the biggest variable i would say um in a sense to kind of expand right mm -hmm. expand my portfolio or clientele i mean I so right now we're at a stage in my business that we need to hire people right so yeah. we're in a place right now we need to hire people like a, a dispositions manager and acquisitions manager. i think those are the two things that are kind of holding us back to expand more because right now i'm kind of wearing the hats on, on most things um especially the, the disposition side so if I can delegate that to someone, I can focus on other, you know, revenue generating activities. Yeah, and I, yeah. I can really, really expand because uh, we've been growing, you know, really good every year. And right now we just need more and more help with people. Yeah. Now, is it just you or is it like a couple other people right now? Or I have, yeah, I have a couple of VAs that work for me. Uh, a couple of VAs that do a lot of lead generation for me. Mm hmm and then, and then it's it's me as far as the negotiation on the on the on the seller side, negotiation on the buyer side. Um, but but yeah, most of my VAs are done, are all virtual from like the Philippines. That's crazy, man. Mm -hmm. I've always like really loved the idea of VAs, but like it, I'm not really in a spot, I guess, right now to like use one for anything yeah. quite yet. But yeah. how has that kind of been? Like, oh. <laughs> it's been great i mean you fire when you have to and you hire when you have to so i fired a lot of vas i've hired a lot of vas yep um i've had really good ones i had really bad ones that were just milking the money and i found out fired them right away um but overall they made me a lot of money yeah they made me a lot of money saved me a ton of time uh where i don't have to be stuck in here i can be going out there and doing whatever i want to do so um I have two right now. I'm looking to hire another one. And then I have to hire an inside salesperson that does all the lead managing stuff like that. But yeah, VAs, I highly recommend them. They'll save you so much time and energy and effort, especially on the tasks that you don't want to do. Yeah. They're yeah, really that's good. Enough, man. And I've a heard lot like, of, oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say a lot of them already come trained. You know, if you hire one, they already come trained. You, there's minimal, uh, you know, stuff you have to do with them so yeah. it's good yeah i've heard like some of the really crazy stories of like people building these huge businesses like you know all run by vas and like you know i just i'm trying to think because like i haven't really talked to a whole lot of people that like actively use you know vas from like overseas and stuff how is it like do you kind of build a relationship with your vas like the same way that you would like you know somebody in the office or like, how does, how does that kind of look like the relationship? It's exactly right. So I tell my VAs to be open with me every single time. Like, like I have a VA that, that call for me, right. Call customers for me. Right. Yep. And I tell them, you know, if, if, if the, the calls that they're doing, are they like getting negative feedback or if the, if the list is bad, I want yeah. them to be upfront with me. They say, say, Hey, Edward, the list that you gave me is it's, it's crappy. It's not getting, not producing really well and so we communicate on a day-to-day -day basis they send me messages via skype oh. and then um and yeah i treat them i give them bonuses whenever we close a deal that they uh dispositions to our our systems i give them bonuses i said listen you know i just don't want to pay you your rate yeah. i also want to give you bonuses and reward you for for the work that you have done and they love that stuff too so you know, sometimes they call say, hey, Anwar, you know, I can't work tomorrow. I'm sick. Can I make up the hours next week? I'm like, of course, get better, you know, take a couple of days if you have to. Yeah. yeah. Um, just because, you know, there are people, you know, they, they have families that they got to feed um, and, you know, and they're working hard and it's not easy to sit in front of the computer for hours and hours and hours calling. I can so, imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've done it. That's why I hired it out. Yeah. I don't want to do that anymore. It's it's very it's too it's too tiring.
exactly you know, yeah. and even if you're like you're able to find somebody who like really really enjoys doing that you know that's like their their one thing i guess you could say exactly and, and if they love it they like it and you want to keep them happy like for example i got this one va right now she's amazing she's from egypt mm-hmm. her english is so well she's so sweet every time i talk to the people that she spoke with they all rave about her um, and she's telling me that the list that we have right now which is a sixty thousand lead list and and i guess the batch is bad and then so i i want to make her happy so i, I i'm I'm making her a new batch so that because she doesn't like to be on idle where people are saying wrong number, wrong number. She wants data. So she actually be conversating and just not just say, not just be yeah. on the phone for no reason. So she actually wants to speak with people that are the right people. So, so, which is excellent because that's why, that's how I want my VAs to be. I want them to look forward to speaking to people. Um, and I think the last batch that we had in there were people was a bunch of wrong numbers, uh, people that weren't even, didn't even own a home and, yeah yeah it's a waste of her time and a waste of my money (laughs) yeah it's really crazy you know that like she has that kind of mentality of like you know actually you know wanting to do what is the most efficient and what makes the most sense and like you know it's not just kind of somebody like to make calls you know it's like a whole deeper level of um you know wanting to do a great job you know that's that's insane yeah yeah it's awesome and i i that because of the VAs, I was able to definitely double my revenue. So that's been great. That's been great. That's wicked cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. We, we closed one deal in Texas this year. So we went national this year. Yep. And we closed one deal in Texas. I've never seen the property, never seen the seller, never seen the buyer. And we closed it in one month. It was awesome. We wholesaled it to an investor down there. It's unbelievable. And it's all from the VA. He just positioned it. Yeah. So were you just doing like local to Massachusetts before and then like you just kind of spread out to like nationwide? Yep. So I was doing only Massachusetts and now we spread out nationwide. Now we're like across, I don't even know, 30 something states. And um, yeah, so we have deals going right now in LA, Florida, Texas, um, New Jersey, Ohio. So we have deals all across going around. That's unbelievable, man. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, when I first started, I was like, you know, I, I was in my backyard, which is great. And then the only reason why we went national this year is because like, you know what? I'm kind of virtual here in my own local market. You know, I don't really have to, I negotiate most of my stuff over the phone and yep. people tend to be more virtual now because we're, we're in the 2021, you know, digital age. Yeah, And, you know, everybody understands technology and what now. So I was like, let me bring that to national to see how that would work. So I started in February and then on March, I closed my first deal in Texas. I was like, okay, well, let's go everywhere else. See where, where the money's at. And it's been great. Yeah. The sky's the limit, right? I mean, that must've been crazy. Kind of like when you realize that you're like, oh, well, in a way I'm kind of remote already, even though the deals, you know, like a couple streets over, you know, whatever, right. whatever it is. Like, why can't I take this to another state or screw it? Why not go across the country? You know, it's the same, same type of thing, right? It's exactly right. And nowadays, everything's so easy to get to. Like, if I needed some boots in the ground in, like, Arkansas, I can bigger pocket someone in Arkansas and be like, hey, yeah. would you be willing to, for a fee, go there, take a few pictures for me and show the, the, my investors the property? I've, I've done that many times, and it's been working out so great. Yeah. So great. That's wicked cool, you know, to be able to leverage like the BP community and be like, hey, you know, this is what I'm doing, like, you know, yeah. and just kind of have that interaction. That's wicked interesting. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. yeah. There's so many, and that's just one of those sources that you can use. You know, you yeah. got Facebook. You know, you got Instagram, and you know, a lot of people are, are attached within these networks, and 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 it's made it really easy for us to um, assist home 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 sellers and all across the nation. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. Ooh, Anwar, what is the most important lesson that you have learned over your career so far? <laughs> Let's see. At the top of my head is to never give up. Never give up. There's been so many times, you know, within my career here that it's been like, oh, shoot, you know what? It's not going to work out. I should just, you know, give yeah. up. Every time I say that, I, I push a little bit more and then 
boom, I land the next big steal. Boom, 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 boom. So sometimes if you picture like the guy, the two guys that are mining for the diamonds, right? Yep. And then the guy that quits, he's about like half an inch for the next one, right? And then he gives up because he feels like he's been doing too much. And then the other guy does that last half inch and then he, he, he sees success, right? And that's kind of the way I see things. So if stuff is not going right right now, something's going to happen right if you just continue to keep moving forward no matter what obstacles it is. Yeah. I know one of my mentors says, hey, if there's an obstacle in front of you, you either go around it, you either go over it, or you go through it one way or another, but you're not going to stay there and do nothing. So yeah. never give up. And even if something's not working out, panning out, just stay stay with the path i like that a lot man you see that uh like that picture on instagram all the time you know it it really is like so true though you know like it's the ones who literally just kind of you know like let their mind go blank and just just keep keep going you know and eventually like something will come up and you'll be like oh wow okay (laughs) like there was um i forget where i heard it it was probably the bigger pockets podcast a while ago but or actually it might've been, I don't know. But anyway, so like one, one of the hosts was talking about um, basically like, or it might've been from a book actually, I don't know, whatever. But so somebody was talking about, um, you know, there was like a story where, you know, there was like just a regular traditional office and, you know, people had to do cold calls and do lead generation. And instead of rewarding, you know, the people who got clients or, you know, whatever the, kind of the goal was to reward the person who had the most nose at the end of the week mm. you know and like you know buy them lunch on friday or something like that mm. you know to give people that like indirect incentive yeah indirect incentive you know to be like oh i'm gonna get the most nose and like you know that's their focus yeah. and then indirectly those yeahs are gonna come along once in a while you know Ooh. like once once i heard that like that really got me thinking man i was like oh my god yeah. Like that's crazy. <laughs> that's you know? so powerful. That's so powerful. And that's what I tell all my VAs. Say, listen, yeah. we're gonna get a ton of no's. You're yep. gonna get more no's than you're gonna get yes. But that one yes is gonna be so worthwhile. Of all the hundreds of no's, that one yes is gonna be amazing. It's gonna be worth your while. So my bonuses to my to my VAs is pretty much a month's salary in their country, you know? Yeah. And they, and they love that. So, and that's why you, you got to keep the mentality that not everybody's going to say yes. Yep. But you keep going through those notes till you get to that one yes. And that's so true. It's so true. Especially in, in sales and business. You, you got to you gotta go through all the notes just to get to that one yes. Just kind of yep. go through them. Now one yes will make it worth it. <laughs> so worth it. And you keep going. So you go into all, you go through all the notes. I mean. Each, exactly. each marketing is different, obviously. I mean, some some of them you get more no's than yeses, and some more direct marketing is more yeses than no's. So it just depends which one you do, but you're going to yeah. get it away. That principle, man, like once I heard that, like it, it literally just made my head spin. I'm like, whoa. That's powerful. Just to go from like a completely opposite direction and reward the quote unquote failure, yeah. which indirectly, you know, like you don't even realize it is actually you know, giving you more of an incentive to succeed. That's, like, powerful. Whoa. That's powerful. If you find I forget that- where I saw it, man. It's killing me. <laughs> I know when you see it. I will. Definitely. I will. Yeah, yeah. That's, 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 that's amazing. I mean, that's a much better way of saying it too. So it's just, especially incentivizing that people make people hungry that they're doing a good job that they don't feel bad about themselves because they're getting no's. Yeah. Um, as long as they get a yes, with you know, they should be all set. <laughs> exactly it's so interesting too to like you know all the different mentalities of you know just kind of getting through the garbage to to get to that one yes you know whether it's like a mentality like that or like you know like the diamond thing like just to kind of you know give you that that motivation for when things aren't going so well and like just to kind of keep you going and kind of ignore the thoughts that you know you're getting and everything and just kind of keep it going yeah, it's very mental. This business is very mental. Anything hard, really, it's really mentally exhausting. So you got to make sure your mind is on point. Yeah. And and start feeding yourselves with this type of stuff that we're talking about on a daily basis because 
it's easy to give up quickly. Like when Steve Jobs, you know, when he was doing an interview somewhere and he says, if you want to become an entrepreneur, um, you better make sure you're so tough in the head because any regular person would call you crazy to go through what you have to go through to become successful. All the mentality, all the depression, and some people actually go through some deep depressions, you know, and or, or, or a lot of setbacks. Yeah. And some even call them a masochist because they keep going through so many pain points. But so he was saying that you got to be prepared because a, a sane person will call you crazy because you're going through all these hurdles. But at the end of the day, the reward is so much higher. Yeah. So you got to re- be really prepared to go into the business and be and prepare your mind because it's, it's, it's tough. It can be tough in the beginning. Yeah. Yes. The beginning years are the toughest. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it really is a mind game, you know, whether you're really like any kind of, sales role or you know like a real estate agent or you know people doing any kind of lead generation like selling insurance you know like just kind of throwing things out there like it's it it really is like a different kind of mentality you know like would you say it's just kind of like overall like just loving the process to just kind of guide you through you know like those periods where you know things aren't really going too well for you like you know, just kind of resetting and then, you know, just jumping back on it the next day, like, cause you love it so much kind of like, exactly. I don't know how to word it exactly. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Like sometimes yeah. they even encourage these obstacles or a challenge, you know? So yeah. I don't mind it. Nowadays, I don't mind challenges because back in the day, I just wanted to be easy. Okay. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to go through obstacles. I don't want to go through challenges. I just want it to be a bread and butter, like boom, 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 and get it done. Right. Yep. Because I really didn't want to go through all that. I just wanted to get it done. But nowadays, since we're producing a lot of deals, I don't mind challenges. I don't, I don't mind them at all. And I, in fact, I encourage them in a sense because I know I'm learning something from them. Yeah. And I know that if I learn from that, the next one that comes across that way, I'll be more better prepared. So whenever there's a challenge and then I overcome it, I just like, yes, I know what to do now. So for me, it's encouraging um, because I know I've never been through, I've never been through that particular transaction or, or whatever it is in anything that you do. Um, so I encourage it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel like that really is huge, you know, to just be constantly learning and, um, you know, taking those lessons to the next one and just yeah. kind of doing it through, you know, going through the reps and stuff of going through those transactions and, right. you know, hearing those things from sellers like all right you know this guy said like this this and this like how can I kind of adapt my play style I guess you could say you know to be able to counter something like that and like you know just kind of always adapting I guess you could say you know and it's it's exactly right because a lot of people quit on their first challenge or their first set of challenges and just quit you know they don't understand that they're learning you know they're not they're maybe they're failing in, in, in a sense but they're not really failing because the only time you fail is when when you quit you exactly know? so yeah. when you're seeing when something's not going the right way you have to you have to be objective and be like okay what went wrong and how can i fix it and if mm-hmm. it's salvageable so like we had a deal last week um or this month that was going completely wrong in every each direction okay we, we put out a fire okay great we're smooth boom, something else popped open. And I'm like, okay, we know how to deal with that. Boom, fixed it. And then something else happened that we never experienced. And we're like, wow, is this even going to close? Yeah. And then at the end of the day, you know, we closed it. And then, you know, you sit back and you get the money and you'd be like, okay, great. Why did I learn from this? You know, it was such a hard deal, but what can, what did I learn? And you take that information and you bring it on to the next deal. So it was invaluable and I encourage it. I love it. Yeah, definitely. So, Anwar, how do you define wealth? Freedom. Nice. (laughs) Freedom. To get to do whatever you want, whenever you want, how you want it. You know, that's freedom to me. For me, wealth is uh, say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to go to work today. I got money in the bank. 
I got an MBA, right? Major bank account. <laughs> I, 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 can, I can go sit by the pool. And so yeah. I don't have to be there, you know? I have no boss waiting for me to say, hey, you're, you're still working. Where's your eight hours? Yeah, you're you know? 15 minutes over your lunch break. <laughs> 15 minutes over your lunch break. You're not making quota. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, man. I mean, for me right now is you can be rich, but if you're stuck behind a desk, you're stuck doing something you don't like. Yeah. That's not really, you know, that's not the goal. I mean, I mean, everybody's wealth is different, and you know, obviously, but but I think everyone's goal is the same: is the freedom to do whatever you want to do. And we live in a country that does that, and we are able to do that. So um, we're so fortunate to do that. And um, I was thinking back, like this this year, this summer, we didn't have we had rainy days, right? A lot of rainy days. Yeah. You know, one week they were. It was so beautiful, so sunny. We have a pool. We have a big pool. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go in the pool today. I'm not going to work today. I just, I, let's go to the pool. I hang out with the pool all day. And, and, and I don't have to worry about finances. So it was just like, this is this is where we where I wanted to be. You know, obviously, I still have more goals to, to accomplish. But that's definitely where... I would say my 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 definition of wealth this is the freedom to do whatever you want buy whatever yeah. I love that man literally like learning a lot more about personal finance and like you know the things that you can do you know just from buying assets and limiting your liabilities and like you know finding those things that you really enjoy and you know figuring out ways to you know make enough income from those and you know, just to have like your lifestyle and to keep building, um, you know, like the different asset streams and stuff like it, just kind of learning, you know, a little bit more about it every day. Like it, it really is crazy. I guess like how much of your life goes towards those jobs that probably aren't your favorite thing to do in the world. Right. You know, and like, if you wanted to do something like that in the W2 world, you know, like you'd have to be like, oh, you know, I'm thinking about taking Wednesday off. Like, oh, I, don't, I don't know, you know, <laughs> like you can't really just wake up and be like, no, yeah, the pool looks pretty good today. <laughs> you know, and like, like, why is that, man? You know, like life is way too short, you know? So like, I don't understand why, you know, this isn't like a bigger goal you know for a lot of people like I, I don't know if it's maybe which i'm kind of curious like what your opinions are on this yeah i wonder if it's just kind of like the way society is, is built i guess you know just the traditional like you know go to school go to high school go to college get a good job buy a car buy a house call it a day yeah you know but like i do you think it's just kind of so traditional like that people just kind of follow the yeah the stream and it's the others that break off that yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why can't, I just yeah. don't understand, I guess. Yeah, no, that's a really good question. So a uh, quick background. So I grew up with two hardworking parents that worked, you know, 40 to eight hours a week each. I never yep. got to see them. They, um, I was always saying, you know, after school programs, yeah. I was always was babysat by other people and they was just slaves to their jobs you know one yeah my dad and my mom were cleaning offices in boston um you know and then after after they were done their full-time jobs they go to another warehouse to work so I, I always had hard-working parents and they always said to me we're growing up and say anwar you don't want to be like us we're doing this to put foot on the table you need to go to school get a degree go to college and get a, yeah. a nice cushy job somewhere behind the desk somewhere so you're not slave to going out there and working 48 hours a week just to make it to me, right? So that's, that was my upbringing, right? Yeah. Shoot, I mean, growing up, I didn't really, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do, to be honest with you. And then graduated college, I mean, graduated high school, didn't know what I wanted to do. My parents were always pushing college, but I was like, mom, dad, I don't know if I want to go to college. I don't know what I want to do in college. I don't want to take a course and be in debt yeah um because it's something i didn't take you know so and then and then you know when it came to 26 so they might so i got married when i was 25 right mm -hmm. working at a dead-end job and then my my wife's 
parents are entrepreneurs. They are all about wealth building, mentality, building up your mentality, you know, going through seminars, you know, personal education. They're all about it. And yeah. me at the time, that was foreign, you know? So I remember my father-in-law was telling me, he's, when, I, when I was going to sign up to college, and he says to me, hey, Anwar, why would you spend $50,000 a year to a school that you're going to go to to learn? And why, 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 why can't you put that $50,000 into yourself, into your education, your personal education? Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, that's so true. But I don't know what <laughs> I want to do. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what I want to do. And he was trying to tell me all that. And then it wasn't until I found real estate that I understood what he was saying. about. Yeah. So then it's ever since then, he's given me a bunch of books, like the uh, the Cashflow Quadrant, which you probably know by Robert Kiyosaki. Mm-hmm. So, so he opened up a whole library of books for me. And I was like, whoa, this is amazing. So he came from the mentality of his family grew up all entrepreneurs, they all own their businesses. My family grew up of, of working for the man nonstop, and that's the way I grew up. So I kind of branched off from there yeah. over here because I was taught. I was I was taught about the other side, you know. So I think when people grew up with that within that family, sometimes they tend to be like that. And then you have those other, uh, you know, weird people. And I wouldn't I, not weird in a negative context, but like people that grew up with great parents that work nine to fives, but they, they become like the next billionaire, like yeah. Facebook, like the guy, you know, um, what's his name? Um, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. You know, upper middle class people and they're working. They were probably, I think they were like, you know, I forgot what they were, but they weren't like entrepreneurs and now he's a billionaire, you know? So, but a lot of them, a lot of them, I think is, is the tradition that we grew up with and how we grow up. And for me, thankfully, um i listened to my my um my my in-laws yeah financially because i really really changed the trajectory of my financial which was great you know what i really like about that man is like the your in-laws were kind of like your rich dad Mm. and like you know your parents you know (laughs) i I don't know i just i was making that connection when you were talking about that i was like whoa yeah. yeah, you know what? Think about it. You're right. You're exactly right. You're right. No, I, I, I totally get what you're saying, man. You know, it's that's like my parents are kind of the same way, you know, like just kind of, you know, I mean, not necessarily to that extreme, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, just the regular like 40 hour weeks and, you know, just to put food on the table and pay the bills and that's right. it. You know what right. I mean? And, you know, I'm obviously, you know, I love them to death, but I'm like, there's got to be more than that, man. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know, I mean, like my mom loves yeah. the beach and stuff and, you know, like when was the last time we went to the beach and you know, I really can't cause you know, like you got work during the week, paying the bills and everything, running errands on Saturday, Sunday. I'm like, so, you know, because of some of the things that like she kind of has to do, you know, like to keep food on the table and everything, she isn't necessarily able to, do the things that she really wants to you know and I I feel like you know the only way to kind of achieve that is to be able to you know create that kind of lifestyle for yourself and that was another thing we haven't really touched on either is like you know people like us creating these kind of lifestyles you know like for ourselves and stuff and then you know trickling it down to like you know our family and like you know kids like cousins family friends whatever you know, like that's one of the things that I really, really love about, you know, just kind of this game in general is like, yeah, you know, like just kind of going through it for us, you know, to be able to create that lifestyle. And then as well to be able to, I guess you could say free, um, you know, like family and stuff from doing that kind of thing. And then be able to pass that down to like your kids and everything. And it just, it's so much bigger, man, you know, like it's, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it, it, there's so much possibilities and i yeah. think that our parents and parents great 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 parents they were all brought within that same mentality so yep. it's not that it's their fault it's just the way they were up they were upbringing they don't know any better you know exactly they, yeah and not in a sense that they're they they're they're foolish but it's just the way that they're brought up and they're comfortable that way so like i said when i've made thirty thousand dollars you know, in one week, I was just like, 
I didn't even know that was possible, you know, especially to me. So, you know, so I I made in a year where my mom would probably make in three, four, four years sometimes, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. And my mom was like, wow, okay, no, keep doing what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty cool. Keep doing that. (laughs) college, Yeah, so. Yeah. And I tell her, you know, it's not easy. And I told her, you know, this been years, right. it's been hard. And I said, Mom, I'm not gonna give up. And she said, Okay, just keep going, keep going, keep going. Don't give up. And now she's encouraging me because she's yeah. seen the blessing. She sees, you know, what I'd be able to create for my life from for our family here. So she's just now she's just encouraging now. And then um, so I think it's one of those times where you tell your parents one thing and then you actually go and make it happen. And that's, that's when you can say, see mom, see dad. <laughs> you know, I was kind of right. You know, not in a derogatory or not in like in a fresh way, but like say like, you know, you, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah. You made, yeah. You made your, what you were doing and it was, it was fruitful. It was fruitful. So. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, you know, and then to be able to have that support come in, you know, like a hundred percent of the way, like I, I, I kind of see that now, you know, like some of the being extremely early, you know, to everything and uh, obviously still being in, in my infancy for, you know, like my investment and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, you know, there's not a whole lot of support, I guess, like mm-hmm. that goes around, you know, cause like people think you're, you know, completely off the wall for trying to, you know, having these kind of things, you know, cause like, it's like you said earlier, you know, it's, people just aren't used to this type of thing. You know, it's not the norm. No, it's not. No, but when you actually make that happen, things yeah. might change a little bit, you know, and people, you know, very, very close to you, you know, like parents, friends might be like, oh, wow. Like, right. you know, yeah. keep it up, you know? And it's exactly right. That's the way it works. And, you know, I yeah. just, that's kind of what happened to me too. I was just, uh, people were like, wow. I mean, we're seeing what you're doing you really changed your life i'm like and i'm looking back because you don't i don't see myself objectively but i'm thinking back i'm like if i would never would have changed my mentality to entrepreneurship and to really see what could be done other than just to make a salary yeah i probably would have been stuck doing what i've been doing college and just not been talking to you about real estate and (laughs) would have been a boring life really right yeah so i think you're at the right path there's there's so much potential out there for everyone, for everyone. Yeah, definitely. And, like I always tell people, if I can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> if I can have a glimpse of a, of, of a little bit of freedom, anybody can do it. So sky's, yeah. the, sky's the limit. All right, guys, that concludes our Creating Wealth podcast episode for today. I want to thank every single person that has listened this far. It really means a lot to know that people can learn from me and with me as we build wealth together. Hopefully you can take home at least one thing from this podcast that will improve your life just a little bit. If you could, please check me out on social. That's at Kyle Curtin Real Estate on Instagram, Facebook, and I'm on Bigger Pockets. Until next time, let's build together.